Our chief of the cannibals, Miyaki, flushed with rage, his dark face streaked with red and black paint, whipped his men into a frenzy. Missy and the worship of Jehovah have brought great troubles to our land, he shouted. Who will join me to fight Missy and the friends of the worship? Troubles men, the tribesmen, thieves, thieves, twisted in the the long locks of their hair, jumped, yelled, and shook their spears. Before the sun goes down, he said, Let's cook his body and give it to every village on the island. As the warriors rushed off to bush to to the bush to kill Missy, their blood curling shrieks echoed across the island. Missy was the native's name for John Patton. Patton, a Scottish refor- a Scottish missionary to Tana, a part of the South Pacific island chain called New Hebrides, Vanatu. John Patton watched, listened, and prayed from his perch high up in the spreading chestnut tree where he hid from the tribesmen. For three years, John Patton had proclaimed the good news of Jesus Christ to the people of Tana, but the aggressive, war-loving Tannese did not receive it with joy. They clung to their stone idols, superstitions, rituals, worshipping out of fear alone. An endless cycle of warfare, murder, and revenge cast a dark cloud over the island. The strong abandoned the weak and elderly to die. Husbands took many wives and treated them as slaves. Wife-beating and wife-killing were commonplace. They honored liars, thieves, and backstabbers as strong men. And the greatest thrill of their life came in killing and eating the enemy. Early on, Patton took a strong stand against the beating and killing of women, although missionaries on nearby islands warned him that to do so would mean certain death. Once, when he was pleading for an end of the mistreatment of the woman, a chief said to him, If we do not beat our women, they would never work. For they, do, for they would not fear and obey us. But when we have beaten and killed and feasted on two or three, the rest are all very quiet and good for a long time to come. John Patton had lost count of the numbers of times the Tannese tried to kill him. Once two warriors burst into his home, intending to crack his skull open with their war clubs, but Patton's dogs leaped in their faces and saved his life. Another time, a cannibal ambushed him, throwing three spears, but they all missed. Often, he talked his way out of sure death. One day, hearing a strange bleating from his goats, Patton rushed to investigate and found himself surrounded by a band of armed men ready to strike. Peyton spoke kindly and firmly to them. If you kill me, the Lord Jehovah will punish you for this terrible sin. 
I love you and I want only your good. If you kill me, you kill your best friend. Then he began to pray aloud for them and for all the people of Tana. By the time he finished his prayer, the men had left. A group of Miyaki's warriors once surrounded his home intending to murder him. When suddenly word came to the English word came that an English warship was sailing into the harbor. The tribesmen fled in terror. I believe, Patton said, that the same hand that restrained the lions from touching Daniel held back the savages from hurting me. But death did come to Patton's home in Tana. Six months after John and his wife arrived, she gave birth to the firstborn son, but in a few weeks, both mother and child died from fever. He laid them to rest in a mountain grave covered with crushed white coal. coral. Though overwhelmed by loneliness and sorrow and urged by friends to leave the island altogether, he remained on Tana, believing that God wanted him there. Now, from his hideout in the chestnut tree, with war warriors seeking to kill him, Pathan realized that the time had come to leave. Taking his Bible, a few Chinese translation pages, and a blanket, he fled across the island. In time, an English ship arrived, and John Patton left Tana. After several years of traveling the world, recruiting new missionaries and raising money for the new Orbeides mission, Patton married and returned to the field. But, but not to Tana, for it remained too dangerous. Instead, he went to the cannibals on Aniwa, the nearest island to Tana. Despite the threatenings and the cold response of the Aniwans, Peyton cared for the sick, mastered their language, and told them about Jesus Christ. Slowly, interest grew, and a number of Aniwans believed in the Lord. Then came an event that led the conversion to nearly everyone in the island. Aniwa was a flat coral island with scarce rainfall. Often during that year, people got sick from the lack of clean drinking water. Praying for success, John Patton decided to dig a well, though he feared that the water, if he found any, would be undrinkable salt water. Salt water. One morning, Patton said to the gray-haired and wrinkled-skinned chief, I'm going to sink a deep well into the earth to see if our God will send us fresh water from below. The, looking at Patton with wide eyes, the chief, said, the chief said, Rain comes only from above. How could you expect our island to send up showers of rain from below? Fresh water, Patton told him, does come springing up from the earth in my land at home, and I hope to see it here also. Oh, Missy, the chief said sorrowly, your head is going wrong, or, or you would not talk wild like that. Next day, Patton chose a spot near the mission house. With a pick and shovel, 
hammer and crowbar, he began to a the difficult job of digging it through the dirt and coral, making slow progress under the burning tropical sun. The old chief made his men take turns watching, painting. Poor Missy, he said. That's the way with all who go mad. There's no, there's no driving the notion out of their heads. Watch and make sure he doesn't try to kill himself. Day after day, Patton toiled in the hole, blistering his hands and straining his muscles. He rigged a crude pulley with a rope and bucket to remove the dirt as the hole deepened. All the while, the chief implored him, give up, give up this madness. No rain will be found by going downwards on the Niwa. If you reach water, you will drop into the sea and sharks will eat you. When the hole reached a depth of 30 feet, soil, the soil fell down. Patton rejoiced, but he feared that the water would be salt water. That evening, in the village, taking a great risk, yet trusting that God's goodness, he told the tribesmen, Come to the well tomorrow, and I hope and believe that Jehovah God will send you rainwater up through the earth. At daybreak, the chief and his men gathered around the well as, Patton, as Peyton climbed in and dug down another two feet. Water rushed up and filled the bottom of the hole. He scooped up a handful, tasted it, and fell to his knees in praise and to the Lord. It was fresh water. He filled a jug, brought it to the waiting tribesmen, and handed it to the old chief. Cautiously, the chief dipped in his finger and then took a few drops into his mouth. With a beaming face, he shouted, Rain! Yes, it is rain! But how did you get it? Jehovah, my God, Patton, Patton said, gave it to his own earth, to of his own earth, in answer to our labors and prayers. Go and see it springing up for yourselves. One by one, one by one, each man peered down the well, overcome with wonder of Jehovah's rain. Missy, the old chief exclaimed, Wonderful, wonderful is the work of your Jehovah God. No God in Niwa ever helped us this way. The world is turned upside down since you, since Jehovah came to Niwa. Missy, will you drink it all, or shall we also have some? You and all your people, Patton and Peyton answered, smiling broadly, may come and drink and carry away as much as you wish. I believe there will always be plenty for us all, and the more of it be we use, the fresher it will be. That is the way with many of our Jehovah's best gifts of men. And for it, we praise his name. Missy, the old chief whispered, taking Patton by the arm and pulling him aside. I think I can help you make Sabbath. Will you let me preach a sermon on the well? Patton agreed, and, and the word spread throughout the island that Chief Namaki would be a missionary on Sunday. 
great crowd assembled in eager expectation. All was quiet as the old chief rose to speak. His voice quacked with emotion, and he swung his toe-hawk to emphasize his words. Friends, people of Aniwa, listen to my words, he said. Since Missy has came here, he has spoken many strange things we cannot understand. We thought they were lies. They said he, um, he said that Jehovah God loved us and sent us his son Jesus to die for us and bring us to heaven. And he said Jehovah God can send us rain up from the earth. We laughed at him, but now we believe him. For the power of Jehovah, Mercy has brought forth rain from the ground. If Jehovah God has sent us rain from the earth, why should he not also send us his son from heaven? So, so I, your chief, now firmly believe that I that when I die, I shall see the invisible Jehovah God with my soul, as Missy tells me, not less surely that I have seen the rain from the earth below. O Namaki, stand up for Jehovah. That very day, the old chief and many of his people rounded up their idols, burned them, and came to Peyton, eager to learn about God. In the following years, most of the people of Aniwa believed in Jesus Christ. Patton translated the Bible into their language and taught them how to read. John Peyton never returned to, as a missionary to Tana, but lived to see others restart their work there. And he rejoiced to hear that some on that dark island had turned to God. Several of Peyton's children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren followed him in serving Christ in the South Pacific Islands. So that was John Peyton. Bye, guys. See you later. See you later. See you later. See ya. See ya. Later. Bye, guys.